If you were born between 1969 and 1984, you are a part of the 65 million Gen Xers. And you've just found your new family. Welcome to the Carolina Underground. Gen X perspectives on rapidly changing technology, history, media, politics, how they come together and influence every aspect of daily life. The world we were raised in has ceased to exist, but we haven't. Let's do it. Welcome to the Carolina Underground. Now your hosts, Mark and Mike. Yo, 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 it's the Carolina Underground, and we're back again, heifers. <laughs> Coming to you live from the Replica Bat Cave on a whatever day it is. It ain't the normal day we do this. Because <laughs> we're a bunch of lazy heifers. It would be Monday. It will be Monday. And yeah. we're going to tell you all the stuff that you need to know that everybody else is too chicken shit to tell you. Good Lord. You Woo! were walled up for, you were loaded for bear this evening. <laughs> Good. Nice. I've had eight cups of coffee this morning and I am ready to rock. <laughs> so with your, with, with your Rick, Rick Flair intro and That's here we go. <laughs> Let's see. What is the Rick Flair? Rolex, Woo! Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, son of a gun. I yeah. think I missed part of it, but. You get the gist. And for anybody that wants to know, well, for any of you ladies out there that want to see where you rank in the world of femininity, <laughs> you know, he brought back, you know, he used to say that a lot in his interviews. I, you know, I didn't think we were going to start with pro wrestling, but <laughs> hey, why not? And, you know, he, uh, there's been some heat speaking well, with Flair. You know, he has, uh, you know, been retired. He had his last mm-hmm. match. He come back and is supposed to manage Sting because Sting's retiring next year or sometime. Uh-huh. And Tony Khan brought him back into AEW and, um, you know, to give as a favor to Sting because mm. Sting wanted him with him and all that stuff. And, you know, Sting's pretty much an icon in the business. Right. And uh, so Flair did an interview along the from what I understand, along the lines of what he used to say, on TBS to where it was like for any of the girls that are 18 to 35 that want to find out where you rank in the world of femininity will be at the Marriott or whatever on wherever show up. You won't be first, but you can be next. Oh my Lord. Well, I mean, you know, that's, you know, that's the way he, you know, that's the stick. And people are giving him crap about that. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I read this and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. This man's been doing that same stuff for the 40 or 50 years he's been in the wrestling business. And now you worried about doing it out. I said, get a damn life, you damn losers. Well, but I mean, again, that's kind of one of the things you get. You, you, it, it's it's always the 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 folks that are one of the victim classes. Yeah, but you know what it boils down to? Go ahead. It's the ones that know that they're just one si- one step above a water buffalo that can't get laid are the ones that are offended. <laughs> no, it's not just them. Oh my goodness. Sorry about that. Got interrupted there. Now who uh, would have a cell phone in the recording studio? 
Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I just forget about it because it <laughs> rings so seldomly, except when we're recording. I got to well, say, the way that. it always works. Oh yeah, but no, I mean, again, that's the the whole thing. Um, the uh, you know, you, you you've got the victim classes, and they are the ones that can't ever be satisfied. Right. They, no matter what it is they're always a victim and it's always somebody else's fault that they're not as pretty or not as successful or not as, uh, uh, you know, as not as happy. They're just miserable people. They're unhappy. You know what? Lives I have a magic, I have a magic device to where they can see exactly who is responsible for it. I understand what you're saying, but go and ahead. It's called a mirror. Yep. Because if you're not, don't think you're pretty enough or you don't think you're successful enough, it's not somebody else's fault. It's your own fault. Well, but it, and, and that's part of it now. So I was watching actually an episode of the Twilight Zone that uh, the, the, the new ones or the old remake, the new ones. And it was about this thing where they had, uh, it was really intriguing because they were advertising. It was a, the whole thing was an alien invasion, but the aliens basically watched the advertising and the commercials that we had that human beings produced so that they could figure out how to essentially market their invasion so that people would embrace the invasion and they didn't have to work as hard. So the, the end result was they were going out and they were getting these um, eggs that were mm-hmm. a, a bioengineered extermination device. So it'd be like the rats going out to, to, to pick up their own cat, you know, and, uh, and it was really kind of fascinating because that's one of the things um, they, the, the, the advertising uh, industry does much more heavily target women than it does men. Um, typically speaking, and 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 the other thing about that is, if you look at social media, it, that's everybody. It, it's the whole keeping up with the Joneses, and social media is you know brings that you know puts that whole thing on steroids. So you're keeping up with the Joneses who are you know less you know they're they're top one percent earners, if you will, in the marketplace, and. You know, you're you're telling yourself that you should be that successful. Well, that's not the way that the world works. Everything operates on a bell curve. You got a certain amount of the bell curve. The the bottom ten percent is the bottom ten percent, and the upper ten percent is the upper ten percent, and everybody else lies somewhere in the eighty percent in the middle, and uh, most everybody is around the fifty percent mark. You know. But I mean, that's just the way life works. But but people, and and, and I really do think that you know either I, I don't know which if it if it's a chicken or the egg kind of thing. If women are more susceptible to advertising than men are, or if there's just been so much more effort put into marketing to women than there has been into marketing to men. Um, I don't know which one that is, um, and I. It, but but you know, I think that there's a much larger number of women that are Instagram influencers or Facebook influencers mm-hmm. or TikTok influencers and stuff like that 
than there are men. It's, uh, you know, and I'm not sure I, I would have to do some research before I felt comfortable in speaking about this, but the end result of it is that there is a significantly higher amount of marketing that is done towards women. And that's what they refer to as that whole pink tax and all of that stuff. Hmm. Yeah, uh, interesting. Well, that's my take on the matter. It's one of those, again, I'd have to, this is from the, the, the research that I've done up to this point, which is, which is, you know, extremely cursory, Mm -hmm. but, you know, again, it's one of those things where, you know, if you, if you look at how a guy buys things, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the guy's going to use a, he's going to go and he's going to buy a combination shampoo, body wash, uh, you know, disinfected floor stripper, you know, it's going to, he's going to buy something that he can do multiple things with at right. the same time. Whereas a woman is going to have 18 different exfoliating products because she's got different combination skin on the soles of her feet and needs all of these different things to exfoliate them the way that she wants them done. So, you know, it's, it's, that exists. We see right. it every day. Okay. Uh, I don't know how well that's, you know, what I'm saying is going to play to uh, the feminazis and whatnot out there. But, you know, I, and another thing, just speaking of that point, I was talking to my daughter this morning. My daughter mm-hmm. uh, just had my first grandson. And she was, you know, because of, again, all of the, the, one of the biggest things that feminism has done is, is targeted women telling them, um, you know, you can bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan and you can have it all. Well, nobody can have it all. I mean, maybe a very small number of people can, can have a lot of it, but nobody can have it all. Right. You know, and, and she had, it's, you know, this is the drum beat that's been drilled into, her that she's like, well, I'm not doing anything important. I'm just taking care of my son. And I'm like, that's well, why the is most that not important. important. That was my point. That's the most important thing we can do. Mm-hmm. Okay. The most important thing that we can do as a species is continue to propagate the species. And that means having and rearing children that are, you know, that have proper morals and proper outlooks on life. And you can't have morals nowadays. They're outlawed. Well, yeah, I understand that. But, you, you know, it's just that's that made me very angry. And I talked to her about it. I said, you're doing the most important thing that there is. Everything else is optional. OK. Mm-hmm. And anybody that has, you know, anybody that has chosen uh, not to attempt to uh, propagate the species, uh, you know, really, doesn't need to weigh in on that because species has got to continue on. <laughs> right. Most definitely. You know? And there is some interesting news I read today. All right. McDonald's now you for a while has been talking about a spinoff chain at more like a small kind of like small footprint restaurants. Uh-huh. And the first one is set to open soon in Illinois called Cosmics. C-O-S-M-C apostrophe S. Okay. And uh, there were some leaked pictures of supposed menu items and stuff like that. So that's going to be kind of interesting. Um, it's kind of um, like the McCafe 
menu Ooh, on steroids. And I think they're gov- they're trying to. They were it was kind of uh, up in the air about what they're going to compete with, but a lot of people are saying that they're, they're probably trying to take aim at Starbucks with this kind of format as opposed to just having like another version to get another Whopper or something like that. And yes, I hate to tell McDonald's, but Burger King has the best hamburger. Y'all may have the best French fries, but Burger King's got the best hamburger. I don't like their French fries, frankly, but I mean, everybody has their own tastes. Now, so, okay, so they're targeting hipsters. The Starbucks crowd. Yeah, which are hipsters that like to pay way too much money for bad coffee. Well, it doesn't have, let's see, the, the leaked menu obviously doesn't have prices. It's just got drinks, but, uh, mm. or the placeholders for the drink. like, And it looks, it actually kind of looks like it also has like a, like a, almost like a Mexican bent to it because it's like churro frappe, spicy queso, this spicy queso, that, and it may just be that it's just a difference of where it's at or they're just testing stuff out, but it's going to be interesting. I think it's set to open here within the next couple of weeks. So hmm. it's, uh, okay. it's going to be interesting because I'm coming near you at cosmics, another way to get a, a obese and weigh 600 pounds. Well, I'm not at all. I mean, again, I don't, I don't frequent Starbucks either. Um, you know, I can make better coffee in my own kitchen. Um, you know, and it, and, I, and if I want to, you know what? A, I don't think. I think frappuccino. I, I can't can tell you too. the last time I had a, a Starbucks coffee or any of those, like Caribou or anything like that. I've, I don't, I cannot remember the last time. I had a bought a coffee like that. Now I have bought one at McDonald's, but that's just cause I had to stop to get a breakfast sandwich. But, uh, and I will say this, if you're looking for some good coffee, like it to brew at home, I'm not a necessarily a fan of McDonald's and I don't know how this has turned out to be a McDonald's episode, but the mm. coffee they sell in the stores is actually pretty daggone good. Oh no. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. But again, this is the thing. That's the whole point. It, one of the reasons I'm not a big Starbucks person or any of that stuff is I drink coffee black. I, I don't do. put cream and sugar in it. And so when I take it, when I take a sip of coffee, I know exactly what that coffee tastes like. Right. And now, I mean, you can do if you're, you know, if you're willing to put a whole bunch of sugar and cream and nonsense in a into a cup of coffee, then you can make it taste you can make really bad coffee taste any way you want to. True. But it's, uh, you know, the, uh, if, if I, the, the, the uh, Starbucks especially always taste like they burnt the beans when they were roasting them. Now I realize that they do that because if you, it gives it a stronger flavor when you've got a whole bunch of sugar and cream and nonsense in there. But well, most of the time, Starbucks isn't, <laughs> most of the time those Starbucks, their drinks really aren't coffee. They seem to be more shots of espresso than anything. Well, yeah, that's it. So you got a shot of espresso in, um, you know, in a in a tw- in twenty ounces of cream and sugar. Right. So it's just not my thing. Uh, you know, again, but and and I've always kind of felt like the the, the people that frequent those establishments are are pretentious. They're the same folks I'm talking about. They think that form 
is more important than function. And I'm exactly the opposite of that. I'm a function first, form second type of person. So anyway, but that's neither hither nor yonder. Well, you'll be surprised to know that over the weekend, I got a chance and opportunity to view the latest addition to the Indiana Jones saga. What was your impression of that? Well, there are some parts of it I like. Mm -hmm. And there are some parts of it that are absolutely stupid. Mm -hmm. But overall, it's pretty much stupid. That was kind of my take on it. Uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to start with that. But yeah, I it 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 was basically as if somebody had asked AI to pick everything that was popular in all the preceding movies mm-hmm. and jam it all together into one. Uh huh. One thing I really did like though was the bringing back of the Sala character, where it was like a lot of the throwback characters too. Raiders of the Lost Ark. I wish they would have found a way to get Short Round in there, but um, or even Shia LaBeouf because one of the plot holes that we recognized was in this version um, of this movie. Andy says his son died in World War Two, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, in the movie before this. It, it took was, place in 1957, and Shia LaBeouf was playing a character that was his son. Right, exactly. So mm-hmm. it's when I guess they could have had two kids, but you know, it they don't really clear that up real well, and it just you know, to truthfully, I really could have done without time travel. That's just kind of yeah. It was it just wasn't I mean, well it, done. It, it just no. And yeah, we were talking, really like I was talking to, at the office today, and, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark came out in 1981. Mm-hmm. And it they, it had a $20 million budget and made like $380 million. Right. Well, but, in 1981, $380 million, if that was released today, would be $1.2 billion. Mm-hmm. Right. This movie, I don't know what this movie made. I don't know how much they spent to make it. That did the computer graphics, if that was CGI at the beginning or a little bit of both, I don't know. That was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's it's just I don't know. It just it was just kind of It was just not well done. It right. was not a it, the story was not You know what it's there, like. There wasn't enough story. And the story that was there was not told well. You know what it was really like? What's that? Every Star Wars movie or project since Captain Kennedy took over. Yep, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's like it was made by people that hated the franchise, that wanted to do everything they could to just make it look stupid. Well, so what it boils down to, it's Moneyball, okay? It's the same thing as, you know, they, they basically, like I said, they, okay, so what is it that makes... Indiana Jones movies popular is all of the chase scenes and fighting a guy with a gun with a whip and stuff like that. And, and so they kind of crammed all of that stuff in there without a storyline. Now, and, and I'll, and, and granted, 
you know, the storyline in the preceding. Now, so to me, Indiana Jones uh, consists of three movies. The Indiana Jones saga consists of three movies because I did find the fourth one entertaining. Mm -hmm. Now, it was absolutely head and shoulders above this last one. Okay. Here's some. Here's yeah. just an interesting tidbit. Sure. The budget for the new one was two hundred ninety-five to three hundred million. At Jeez. the box office, it only brought in three hundred eighty-four million, and that's what the Raiders of the Lost Ark made in nineteen eighty-one. Right. Well, so I mean, that's that's kind of the point. It's it's who you know. What is your target? Okay, so again, it's like with you know a lot of the franchises, you know, the Fast and Furious franchises, for example. The the it wasn't any good after the first them, Yeah, the well, the intriguing thing about them is they did. Now, the the overall plot is all the same always, but they did interject enough um, new characters and new um, situations into it that it was that it would hold your imagination and could keep you engaged in the movie. But, you know, again, it's, it's, you know, you, you, the only, the, the only reason that you go to the theater is not to watch a car chase. I mean, there may be some people. Right. I go to get popcorn. Well, there you go. But you got to have, you've got to have enough, of a storyline. You know what it reminds me of? You remember well, the B movies that we had? Oh yeah. Were, the B roll. Yeah. They were just terrible. Right. And you knew they were going to be terrible when you went in there. These were better That's than this. this like, well, yeah. these were well, better that, than this. No, I agree. But you knew it was going to be bad acting. You knew that the, that the writing was going to be terrible, but you know that you 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 went there expecting it. Now right. here you went expecting here. If you got one hundred and fifty four minutes to waste that you'll never get back, turn it on. Yeah. You may enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, there were parts of it that I did find legitimately and genuinely enjoyable. There were two parts I found the inner, the beginning of it, right, and then at the end where it said the end, right. Those are the two well, parts I enjoyed. That yeah, and 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 I'm and I'm kind of right there with you. I mean, and I hate it because the Indiana Jones franchise. Well, it's kind of like that. They've made now they've made Indiana Jones a joke. It's kind of like what they did with Luke Skywalker. They pretty much took that character and pissed on it, and took everything that made Luke Skywalker Luke Skywalker and just kind of castrated the character. And whoever right. directed that should never direct another movie again because I think I could make better crap than that with a damn eight millimeter VHS tape camera and my backyard and my little puppy dog, and we can get everybody up here and dress them up in store bought costumes, and it'll look just as good as what they did with a billion dollar budget. Well, and again, the other thing is that a lot of these are very obviously. Their, their primary goal is to have a platform that, that, that fits their narrative, their societal narrative. And you know what? And, the, uh, the, the common denominator between Indiana Jones sucking and Star Wars sucking is? Hit me. Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah, no, I agree. I, th- I don't think you're going to make a decent movie using those. And they've, they've already said that this is not the last Indiana Jones movie in that oh, franchise. God. 
it's the last one with Harrison Ford said it's the last one he's doing, but they say it's not the last one, but you are not going to make a, even the new stuff with Ray and all that stuff. I've seen fan films on YouTube that are 15 or 20 minutes long that does a better job of character building and making me care yeah. about a feminine hero heroine mm-hmm. than Disney and Star Wars was able to do in three movies. Oh no, absolutely. because now it's not like if you have the force, it, it, it just it's a it's a picture of today's society because it's not that some people may have the force. Now, if you watch it, everybody can use the force. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's just your mastery, your level of mastery. Right. But again, even with that, even with that, you could, you, you, you could draw that back to canon because the, the force is a part of all living things. Okay. And they, that's, that goes all the way back to the beginning of the movie. But, but the point is it, it, you know, the, the, the older movies, the older before everybody had to to, 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 to go to this woke agenda mm-hmm. and pander to the victim classes, um, you know, we just accepted the feminine superheroines right. that they were going to be, you know, they, they were there. They weren't there to be men with boobs. Right. Exactly. They were feminine. They were like female. Right. Right. Exactly. She was a badass. Right. But she was a badass. I got a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. Out of all the Star Wars movies, Mm -hmm. which one do you think is the best? Out of all of the Star Wars movies, which one is the best? Let's just say top top three. Well, I mean, the top three are the first three. One, two, and three. A, A New Hope. Um, you know, uh, the, the revenge of the, let's see, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the revenge of the, uh, oh God, I can't remember what I'm saying Top here. Three, the first yes. three were New Hope, One, Empire, two, strikes, back, New, Empire strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Yeah, exactly. Okay, see, my, was, yeah. Here's mine. I would say Empire Strikes Back was the best out of the original three. Um, I, yeah, that it they it found its it found its voice, and then the, the new hope, which is the first yeah. one, right? The Return of That's the Jedi, it. I think, is garbage. Um, I would okay. say the third best, in my opinion, Star Wars movie, which is an outlier for modern Disney, is mm-hmm. probably Rogue One. Well, Rogue One was fan fiction, and it was I thought it was well done as well. But again, now, so, so, but the, there never would have been a Empire Strikes Back if the original Star Wars hadn't been done. And again, when they did the original Star Wars, they were all over the board. Okay. They were, they, they had no idea what they were going to do. It was the first, that was the first science fiction. Well, anything. If that, that if that first one was all over the board. Mm hmm. What do you call the prequel number one and the prequel number two in the first half of prequel number three? Totally contrived. Now, I will say this. The last part of Revenge of the Sith was quite mm-hmm. good. Uh, well, I agree, yeah. 
I did like uh, the Kenobi se- part of the Kenobi series. The, the the battle scene between Obi Wan and Darth Vader were well done. Ahsoka, I had high hopes for it. I can watch it, but yeah, the Clone War yeah. cartoons was better than that. Well, again, it's it's what happens is they get so they are so determined to preach their agenda points that they're willing to sacrifice a, a, a cohesive and well narrated story. Well, they're going to have to do something because even Bob Iger's come out and said their movies suck. Yeah, and it ain't well, done how much money it's cost Disney, but and and it's true their movies suck. Mm-hmm. No, they do. And, and, and it's not just that it's you, you really are at a point where you have to think really hard. If you're going to allow your children to watch any Disney movie, because it's an indoctrination going on. And I mean, I hate to even say that, but it is, I mean, again, every time you turn around, every, every dadgum time you turn around and anything that Disney has anything to do with it, you've got, you know, some, you know, uh, some homosexuals involved doing this and that. And, you know, we used to not, I mean, you used to did in, in, in movies that targeted children, you rarely even saw a man and a woman kissing. Okay. I mean, again, right. remember when, in, when Luke, when Leia kissed Luke for luck, it was a shock because right. you just didn't see that. Well, and the and then you know you kind of thought about it because obviously it was a kiss with tongue. But okay, then when you then well, I mean, well, I mean, well, I mean, well, yeah. But then you go and find out they're brother and sister. Yeah, and then there's a whole right. other dynamic there. You're like, well, that was kind of gross. I hope they didn't yeah. know it beforehand. <laughs> well, see, that was the thing. They didn't make those decisions until after the original Star Wars was made, as to as to what was going on with that. I mean, the whole original thing of, of the, you know, chapter four, a new hope was that George Lucas was so enamored from what I've heard was very enamored with the serials that he used uh-huh. to watch when he was a kid. And again, the serials are great. And the, you know, I, I, you know, even, even, you know, they were just series when I was a kid, you know, but they were always great because you always had a cliffhanger and something that was going on that, you know, you had to come back and see how it's going to work out. You know, when last we joined our heroes, um, you know, and, and so he wanted to give it that feeling of when you've walked into the middle of a, of a series of cliffhangers and, and, and that was why it started where it did. But I, you know, again, that was the first, uh, science fiction franchise that ever crossed over to mainstream. And it was actually the second blockbuster because the first blockbuster was Jaws, if I remember right. correctly. Uh, I believe you were correct. Yeah. And so, and again, so that was, it was, you know, the, it, when, when they went from A New Hope to Empire Strikes Back, it was like, well, shoot, we didn't expect this to happen. Now what are we going to do? And right. they kind of went through it. And I thought well, they and, you know, and, it and the story well. in Empire Strikes Back was a little cliched. Yes, but mm-hmm. uh, but you had Mark Hamill, and you know I think I think even Mark Hamill's going as the record is saying that he really didn't like the way in the new movies handled um, mm-hmm. the Luke Skywalker's character, and he was totally opposed to what they had done. 
But what yeah. are you going to do? You don't own the character if you want to get paid. Right. You, you just tell them, say, hey, I got enough money. I don't need to do it. Right. Well, and that's sort of the, again, that's sort of the, 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 the thing that you run into is this anytime, you know, in history, when you have a person or a group of people that are determined to shove their agenda down everyone else's throats, Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who it is um, that's doing it. It always winds up destroying everything that it is trying to improve. It it just you 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 have to allow human beings to you have to allow for free will. You can't just shove anything down anybody's throats. You have to, you, you have to understand that they have to process it. Human beings have to process it and they have to adopt it. You can't force it. And that's kind of the, the whole thing that I see in all of this. And I, you know, I just find it really disappointing that we're having to go through this while people come to grips with the fact that, that, you know, everything that, that the people at the top of the, that the top of the heap are rotten to the core. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just are, you know, and and I'm not sure I've never really known, you know, I don't know Kathleen Kennedy's background and I'm sure she worked great as following the instructions of George Lucas, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't seem, I, I don't know of any movie she's ever made that's been worth anything. Yeah. Well, George Lucas was, if, if he, you know, if, if he was on a lot of them, I mean, if you look at her, mm -hmm. her chops here as executive producer, I mean, she's been on the Goonies back to the future, but you Mm -hmm. know, you, you look at those movies. She wasn't the number. She wasn't in charge. She was right. Right. Yeah, exactly. She's good at executing, but you know, George Lucas, no matter what you say about him was a masterful storyteller. No, most Spielberg as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and the trick to being a masterful storyteller is you have to be you have to be able to judge when people are willing to say you know okay that's not accurate but I'm willing to push my I believe button okay so like Harry Potter okay um, people are willing to say okay I can see this word you know Superman flying. Okay, mm-hmm. people are willing to accept that Superman can fly. But, you know, again, if you ask anybody, okay, but how does Superman fly faster? What mechanism is Superman using to fly faster? And nobody can tell you what that is. And if they start thinking about that, then when they see Superman flying faster, then they'll never get past that. Okay, but a masterful storyteller can bring you past that point of disbelief to where you're willing to engage in the premise. And that was what was completely for me missing from the, um, from the, the entire Indiana, you know, last Indiana Jones movie. Mm-hmm. And I was really glad that I didn't pay money to see it in the theater. But again, they, they just basically dredged up the Antikythera mechanism. Now, the Antikythera mechanism truly does exist, but we know exactly what it was. 
and exactly what it was designed to do and all that stuff. So this, this whole thing that they built up, I mean, with the crystal skulls, that I thought they handled significantly better than the Antikythera mechanism. Um, it was just too much of a reach. It was too big of a stretch. And, you know, I, I, you know, that whole thing now with the, the crystal skull was kind of interesting, especially when they set it up to where all of these ultimate extra dimensional aliens had crystal mm -hmm. skulls. Okay. But it was still, yeah, it just quasi it, believable, maybe. Quasi. Yeah. I mean, you really, you had to work at it to be right. willing to buy into the premise. Man, it and, just, it, she and she may be great because I was because I think Steven Spielberg said she wasn't good at taking notes, but she's good at interrupting people and asking yeah. off the wall questions, and that may be good. But yeah. it doesn't seem like to me she had she may be good at taking other or working with other people a who have talent enough to write something, and b have the directorial vision to put it together because yeah. obviously it doesn't look like she has either one of those. She right. just, as I, from what it looks like to me, she hadn't really had anything but a deep pocket to get involved in it. Sure. Sure. Well, but you know, again, at the end of the day, I, you know, in, in spite of my criticisms of this, I would have to admit beyond a shadow of a doubt, I would not be that capable. I'm sure. I'm sure if I were to do something, I probably would, would botch it even more so, but it's just disappointing to see um, the whole thing. It, it, it really, well, it, it what, to me. I think what really makes it more disappointing is Kathleen Kennedy was actually there through a lot of this stuff. She did, it was on mm -hmm. ET, Gremlins, Goonies, uh, Twister. I mean, all right. I, pretty much all the Indiana Jones movies, Poltergeist, mm -hmm. She was there and understood the franchise, but yet let it be destroyed. Mm -hmm. And to me, I don't understand why you would do that all in the name of a dollar. I mean, because obviously the people didn't like it because I can't think yeah. of anybody that liked. And, and if you look at the numbers, like let's just take mm -hmm. the Indiana Jones movie, for example, it mm -hmm. in today's dollars it drew what the Raiders of the Lost Ark drew in 1981. Right. In today's dollars. Yeah. Right. I got you. Yeah. And again, I think that this is a, I think all of this stuff is, is very much a uh, symptom of diversity hires instead of hiring people that are, you know, based on their merits and abilities and things of that nature. And it, and that's pervasive in well, every it, industry. Uh, right it now. may be, but I think, I think her background though, was she actually, um, on part of a film company with her husband. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I don't know. It's just, I don't, she may be a nice person and she may be intelligent as they come. But when it comes to chew, and, and it may just be something as simple as you chose the wrong people to sure. direct the movies to continue mm -hmm. such much loved franchises that now you have killed said franchises and you're going to be lucky if you make money at them again. 
Well, that's the thing. I mean, again, they're... Like, really? You're going to pay money to watch a Jedi milk some creature on a damn island where he runs and hides? Come on. Don't nobody want to see that shit. They want to see stab somebody with a dab blame lightsaber. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I thought that the, you know, but the thing is, the thing of the matter is they are still making money off of this franchise. Because the franchise is so beloved that people are still tuning in to see what happens just because it's associated with the Star Wars franchise. Well, I, I think they're probably they going to have, have a similar thing with the with the Indiana Jones. Well, I think they right. have uh, with the Indiana Jones. This is the second shaky one. Star Wars. They've done three shaky ones. Mm-hmm. It's going to be. I think it's going to be a tough sell to most people as to whether they're going to continue to buy these movies. And it's almost right. like they're doing this to put characters in just so they can push toy sales to kids. Mm-hmm. And that's more what they're worried about than actually creating good, solid film. Well, but again, that was also that was done with um, the cartoons, He Man. Uh, in the Masters of the Universe, that was done with Transformers. Yeah, say I never liked several of them. Yeah, but I mean, they, those were no, not my; those weren't my thing either. But again, that was that was the methodology. They created the uh, cartoon series to sell the toys, mm-hmm. and um, so I think it's a similar. So I think it's a similar mentality. But again, this is what happens when everything becomes about. The, the bottom dollar dollars and cents. This is why, you know, you know, accountants are great. I think accountants are wonderful people and everybody should have, you know, a good accountant that works with them or for them or whatever, but they really don't need to be in charge of shit because they can't see past the dollars and cents. It's sort of like uh, the whole thing about uh, emotions, you know, emotions are their, their, you know, your feelings are input for decision making, but you shouldn't be making all your decisions based on your feelings because the feelings are not accurate. Right. Okay. They're you transient. To, yeah, they're transient and they'll change. So you have to, you know, you 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 have to use your feelings as input to determine where you are on the logical decision that you're making. But you know, you if you make the decision solely based on your feelings, then you're gonna sink every time. And, and it's the same thing with, you know, money. Is it financially, how does it look? Well, you know, the dollars and cents look like this and that looks terrible. Well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Or the dollars and cents looks like this and this is great. Well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. That's a factor to consider in the decision-making process, but it should mm-hmm. not be the sole decision-making process. Right. Well, all I can say is I'm still on a quest to find a new movie that don't suck. And with that, that's the snout to the curly tail and all the crappy movies in between. And we gone. Have a good evening, sir. You've been listening to the Carolina Underground. Our passion is to talk about technology, history, media, politics, and how it's all changed over the years and affects our daily life as Gen Xers. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon 
But in the meantime, hook up with us on Twitter at Carolina UND GRND. Hit the website at www.thecarolinaunderground.com. And if you've got questions or comments, send an email to info at thecarolinaunderground.com. Stay Gen X strong. See you next time on the Carolina Underground. <laughs>